Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to the Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. So there's this farm in Sonoma County that from the outside doesn't look that different from other orchards in wine country. There are rows and rows of trees, some pigs, but the feeling on this farm, it's different. And in a few years, the farm will also look different than most in Sonoma County. One indication right now is the sign that reads, Welcome Black to the Land. Black folks own just 1% of farmland in California. And now one of those farms in Sebastopol is trying to spread the knowledge of Afro-Indigenous permaculture to build a different relationship with the land and to build community. Today, we're taking you to Earth Seed Farm. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey. It's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. I was born in L.A. but raised in Santa Rosa, which is in Sonoma County. When I was growing up, it was an event to see another Black family or just other Black people around. Literally, just walking through the grocery store and like, oh, look, a Black person. Ariana Prayol is a culture reporter for KQED. Only 2% of farms in Sonoma County are Black-owned. So that was significant in and of itself. And then the fact that this was a really special vision. I mean, I didn't know going into what permaculture meant and Afro-Indigenous permaculture. And so that just sparked my interest to figure out, okay, what's, what's this farm going to be doing? What is this vision about? And yeah, just unpack what it might mean for the community. Okay, so now let's talk about the farm itself, Earthseed Farm. Where exactly is it located? 
So it's located on Sullivan Road in Sebastopol, and it's near the town of Grayton out there. And many people would probably recognize it as the former Gabriel Farm, uh, which was pretty historic and known for its apple and Asian pear orchards. It's 14 acres, and I know the team at Earthseed is really intentional with recognizing the indigenous land that the farm sits on. And so it sits on Coast Miwok and Southern Pomo land. And what was also interesting is they actually got the blessing of the local tribes uh, to practice as an Afro-Indigenous permaculture farm. It feels timeless, yet also timely. Pandora Thomas is a permaculture designer, farmer, educator, who's had uh, many, many years, over two decades of experience in this space. Because it's 2022 and with everything that's happening in the world, there's such a need for people of Afro-Indigenous ancestry to even understand our stories and our legacies. Her mother was actually born a sharecropper. There's no sharing in sharecropping. It's a horrible name. She credits her, her parents with giving her the passion for building a relationship with the land and loving the land and and what it means to respect it. And I was always just treated to think about the earth care and then people care and also tithing and resource share in church. And I feel that my mom got that from her mother and on and on and on with all the generations. And the more I learned, that's why I feel that earth seed's not a new idea. Yeah, I want to get more specific about that. How exactly does Pandora emphasize Afro-Indigenous permaculture? Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah, so the goal is this Afro-Indigenous permaculture vision. And so permaculture is about creating sustainable ecosystems, where basically everything is self-sustainable. Right now, we can't eat. We can't fortify ourselves, those of us even working here and stewarding here off of what we grow. So in that sense, it doesn't make it, quote, a permaculture farm, because for me, permaculture's goal is more oriented toward a site being self-sufficient, all the beings on a site having what they need, human and more than human. And right now, this is an organic farm. That she just says, you know, the land is going to reveal that to us. So they're in this three-year process of listening to the land, observing. What is it revealing? What does it want to grow itself? How does it behave in, in different climates? We don't know how to really observe what happened, learn. But our ancestors did because they had to. And they, they took a lot of time understanding what has happened and then creating solutions out of that. You're not just imposing your will of, like, do this and manipulate it into something for your, you know, what you want it to be. It's really treating it with the respect that that it deserves. I know that sounds very ethereal and it's like, oh, so are you like extending love into the shovel that you put in the soil? You know, and I and again, I'm not there on the day to day with that, but I feel like all the pieces are in place Mullen is one of the key examples that Pandora brought up is, is exemplifying what it means to listen to the land because Mullen was growing naturally there on the farm. It's actually a weed. And so you could look at it and be like, oh, let's get this weed out of here. But it's actually really great for helping with respiratory issues. And maybe the Mullen has come into our lives because of all the respiratory issues and swelling happening in our communities right now. And so she was seeing this really, you know, interesting connection. This plant 
is screaming to us. And it turns out it's what our ancestors saw here, learned how to use from our indigenous brothers and sisters. So we're making tea out of mullein. I was actually given some as a parting gift. I dried the leaves and I've actually had some tea made from mullein and it's, it's not bad. It's basically like a, it's like a jambalaya. It's bringing what you have together. Trying to slowly understand how our communities have sustained ourselves and with the bounty we have here, slowly teaching ourselves and then we'll be able to share that with others which I think is really exciting uh, to see what it will become when you approach it from this frame versus from just a commercial frame, which not knocking the commercial frame, but I think the, the opportunity that she is creating is something to see an example of what Afro-Indigenous permaculture farm could look like. I'm curious if it if the farm looks and feels different because of the approach that Pandora is taking. You still see the orchard. So there isn't, there hasn't been some massive kind of visual transformation in that way. Uh, there are a couple compost piles that have been added as part of their, their process that didn't exist before. There are There is a really gorgeous mural of Octavia Butler that I know didn't exist before, um, courtesy of their artist-in-residence who goes by the name Radioactive. Um, so lots of really beautiful signage, and um, I think it's really the energy. Se está mirando el cambio. Se está mirando el cambio. Apenas va un año, y ya se está notando el cambio. Yo lo estoy mirando. Aquí hacemos lo menos para maltratar a la tierra. La estamos ayudando. Farm manager Antonio Paniagua, he was really speaking to just the intention behind the work now and how he, because he was with the previous farm as well, and so he's been able to see a shift. Cuidarla es lo principal. Hay que cuidar la tierra porque ya la estamos contaminando mucho. No tenemos conciencia. Tenemos que cuidar la tierra. Yeah, it's a feeling, it sounds like. Oh, for sure. And they hold these Black to the Land gatherings that I was actually invited to. When I joined that, it was just, yeah, they had music going, there was a DJ, um, there were elders, there were young folks, there was everybody in between. You know, some people who are into agriculture and farming. I spoke with a photographer, an artist, couple musicians were there, families, babies. Like it was it was a full spectrum of predominantly black and brown folks. There's a little pool there, you know, the kids were were splashing around in the pool. It was just it felt very fulfilling. It just felt very warm and welcoming. And yeah, and people were also walking around and just taking self-guided tours. We were picking organic raspberries off the bush and eating them, and they were really, really good. Uh, yeah, it was just really nice. I just, yeah, I, I was really, it was that point, you know, I'd visited the farm the week before um, to, to kind of have the formal kind of walk through the farm. But when I got to the Black to the Land gathering, I realized, oh, wow, like this is the story. Mm.
They also have, you know, they have partnerships with um, different nonprofits. I know they'll have groups of elders, you know, that may be in a um, facility in San Francisco come up and and spend an afternoon picking fruit, spending time in the sunshine. You know, it's it's that simple sometimes, like going back and sitting on the land. Being able to have a piece of land to bring people to, to put their so- their fingers in the soil is really special. Abby Huff is the herb diva, which I think is a great title to have. And she practices as an herbalist uh, and she's based in Santa Rosa. And as someone who lives up in Sonoma County and has lived there for some time, she was super excited. Just to um, have um, a Black landowner that owns organic land is huge. And so the word spread like fire. She had been to one of the first Black to the Land gatherings they had last year. And I remember walking down the driveway and walking up to the house and seeing all these beautiful Black people on the porch. And I just, you know, my eyes welled up and um, felt like something that's been so needed here. Ariana, I want to move to some of the takeaways from this story. I feel like indigenous practices are in focus lately, especially as climate change accelerates. And even thinking about like Sonoma County in particular, which has seen so many devastating fires. And I feel like more so than ever, I'm hearing about traditional burning practices. And I feel like that's sort of come into the mainstream consciousness here in California. And I'm I'm wondering how you're thinking about that, especially when we think about the fact that Earthseed now exists. Yeah, I, that's definitely been something that was on my mind in telling this story. And there are other farms that are are focusing on this as well and have been. You know, there's a very popular farm, Soulfire, um, Black-owned in upstate New York. And I just learned recently about another uh, farm in Seattle that was purchased recently. I think they purchased 78 acres in Auburn. And and then even right here in California, Big Basin reopening, our own Carly Severn reported on the emphasis on incorporating indigenous stewardship in a really meaningful way with the tribes that are in that area as as Big Basin rebuilds after, after all the harm that the fires did. You know, we're going to be having to reach this point of reckoning. And we're not yet, you know, as a culture kind of fully against the wall, even though there might be folks saying like, well, you know, some of the stuff you're growing isn't conducive to a state that's in a drought, you know, so there's all these Mm. things that, you know, we'll eventually have to reckon with. And and Pandora was um, was emphasizing. And in the meantime, you know, she's putting forth one one vision in, in, you know, in her plot of land, just as an example. And we'll just we'll have to see where where California um, as a state, um, where the Bay Area with our vineyards, where all of that goes as it eventually becomes undeniable. You know, just all the all the issues with climate change that we we face. I think it's great that this is happening in Sonoma County, that there's something happening there that isn't just the typical thing that you might hear about. And I guess by typical, I mean, you know, talking about Black folks and what Black folks are doing in Sonoma <laughs> County. And so I think it's great to to uplift a story like that, that is, you know, someone who has lived, again, speaking about Pandora, who's lived 
in the Bay Area for many years and made it her home and is now opening, you know, the doors to a space where folks from all over the Bay Area can go and pick fruit and hang out and be with the land. Our long-term vision is to listen and have it be shown to us. How do we support Black people in our destiny? It's like she's creating the space for us up here, and I think that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Ariana, for reporting this story and for sharing it with us. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on to talk about it. I enjoyed it. That was Ariana Preol, a culture reporter for KQED. This episode is so much about what happens when Black and Indigenous folks own land here in the Bay Area and what is created out of that ownership. If you're interested in this topic, you should check out an episode that we did back in February about 535 acres of land given back to a group representing Northern California tribes in Northern Mendocino County. The episode looks into what it takes to give stolen land back and the conversations around what should happen to the land when it's returned. I'll leave you a link to that episode in our show notes. This 33-minute conversation with Ariana was cut down and edited by Alan Montecilio. Maria Esquinka scored this one and added all the tape. You can always keep in touch with all of us here at The Bay on Twitter. We are at The Bay KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.